Welcome to the April 19th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, and the sermon is entitled, Prayer, Speech, Presence, delivered today by Pastor Michael Fitzgerald. We're so thankful that you are joining us as we come together to worship the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Last Sunday was Easter. But today is just as joyous, just as praise-filled, and has just as much potential to lead us to the throne of Jesus Christ as Easter Sunday did. So we are thankful to be together in God's house. Well, as we get started today, we are now moving back to my sermon series. I have been working through four books of the Bible that has been called the GE Power Company Study. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. And today we are beginning in the last chapter of the last book of that study, Colossians chapter 4. I want you to take your Bible, turn with me there. And as we open chapter 4 of Colossians, as we see the end of the tunnel in sight of this four-book study, I pray that these words of Paul from these four precious books of the Bible, these letters, three of which he wrote from a prison cell, he had been arrested as a preacher of the gospel. He wrote these words from a prison cell, sending it to the church at Colossae. And I'm so thankful that these words have touched and led me and deepened me in understanding the Word of God and in understanding my love for the Lord's church. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one who established the church. It is the only institution on earth that Jesus himself established Uh, upon his departure here and so as we come to the church we know that this is a godly expression this is an arm of Jesus Christ reaching into the world we pick up the baton where Jesus left it so that we might take his gospel into the world the church is charged with that responsibility I believe that every uh, Christian every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be a part of the church that belongs to the Lord you know too often The church is pictured as our weekly responsibility, as our routine, as that which we're expected to do. Going to church is just something that we sort of, we say we develop the habit to go to church. But in actuality, as we see the church revealed in the Word of God, the church is not what we do, but rather the church is who we are. The church is who we become as a servant, as a witness of the living Lord Jesus Christ in this world. The church is not an outward activity that can be easily set aside if something more entertaining comes along, but rather the church is the body of Christ. The church gets in our bloodstream. The church is who we are, and it's not somewhere that we simply attend We're a part of the living body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we take his word into the world. Now, that's how Paul communicates his belief about the church in these four letters. Paul loved the church. He passes that love on to us, that it becomes part of us. It's who we are. It's our identity as a believer in the Lord Jesus, as we are collected believers in the Lord Jesus. The church is our identity in life. So as we move into Colossians chapter 4 today, we're going to see how the love and the life of Jesus fills us when we worship. 
The fellowship of the church is important to us. In fact, in these days of a pandemic, in these days of restricted attendance at church, when most all of the pews are empty here, I think we come to realize how much we miss it. I've gotten so many calls and so many notes over these last four weeks of how many are missing the church, being here, being a part of the worship of the Lord Jesus. So my prayer is, as all of these restrictions are lifted, that we will see God's family return here in joy that we are his church together but as we step out of the church in worship we go out into the world we are taking the gospel of Jesus into the world we carry our worship we carry our love out of the sanctuary or out of our media connection today and we're charged by Jesus to take his gospel on out into the world where it is desperately needed our very existence as a church is taking the sanctuary out into the world where people need to hear the gospel of the living Lord. So today, Paul is giving great words to the Colossian church, and now, 2,000 years later, he's giving these words to us about what it means to be the church and how we take our sanctuary and our worship and our belief and our standing on the word of God, and we take it from the sanctuary out into the world where people need to hear that good news. So there are three words today that this sermon is based on. I want you to write these three words down on a little slip of paper. Write these words down because they are the keys to taking the church from here out there into the world where it is needed. Here are the three points today that you need to hear. The focal points of the sermon are these. Prayer, speech, and presence. Those are the three topics that Paul will cover in these few verses that we will read today. Prayer, speech, and presence. Our scripture is direction from Paul about taking the church into the world. It's in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. I want you to hear the Bible's word about getting the church out into the world. Colossians 4, begin with verse 2. The Bible's word is this from the letter of Paul. Paul says, To the church, continue in prayer, And watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. That I might make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. May God add his blessing to these few verses of this very beautiful, inspired word of God that flowed from the, Paul, from the pen of Paul so many years ago. Now, let me back up again as we see these three points of prayer, speech, and presence. Let's go back again to verse 2. Listen to those words again. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. We must be a church that is based on the foundation of prayer. I believe that we need to be a praying church when we corporately meet together. I also believe that we need to be a church that is based on prayer in our own devotional separate lives in the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we think about these words about prayer, let's talk about the overall gift of speech, the gift of God that he gave to us and that we are able to have speech. When God created the world, He certainly did fill it, populate it with all kinds of animals. Some animals have a voice. There are many animals 
that have no voice. I've never heard a fish say a word. So we know that there are animals that have expression of voice. There are other animals that do not have a voice. But basically, the animals that have a voice are very limited in using their voice as a mode of communication. For in, in general, basically an animal can make one or just a very few sounds with its voice. Cows moo. Frogs croak. Donkeys bray, which, by the way, Jake Garland, is one of the ugliest sounds in the world I've ever heard. Uh, horses whinny, well, you get my drift, that animals are limited mostly to very uh, little speech. But while animals are limited in their way of communication, when God breathed his breath of life into Adam, when God made Adam a living soul, when God created man and woman in his image, God gave us this articulate, amazing ability to speak, to put our thoughts in speech. Well, sadly, as you know, speech can be misused. It can be abused. The Bible says that it can be used for good or it can be used for evil or bad purposes. In the book of James, James in chapter 3 says that our speech can be so offensive it can be like a hellish fire or a poisonous animal. But on the other hand, the Bible says that our speech can be used for godly blessing, for lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ and giving him praise and honor and glory. I believe that we will use our gift of speech throughout eternity, that we will lift up his praise in heaven with all of the multitudes, thousands upon thousands, ten thousands upon ten thousands, as we lift up our separate voices in praise to the one who went to the cross and rose from the grave that we might have life everlasting. Speech is an amazing gift that God gave to us, but we have to choose how to use our speech. Well, let me ask you this. What is the highest form, what is the greatest usage of our speech? What are the highest words we could ever speak? The pinnacle of speech is prayer. That is the greatest usage of our speech. God created us. God created humanity, beginning with Adam and Eve, that he might have communion and fellowship with his creation. So he gave us speech that we might communicate with him as he communicates with us. Paul says we are to continue in the great speaking of prayer on a daily basis. Now, the Greek language, as you know, is very, very expressive. And what Paul says in Colossians 4, 2 is continue in prayer. Well, in the English language, we have one word for continue. But in the Greek language, believe it or not, there are ten words for the word continue. In its usage here, the Greek word is proskaterio, and it means intensive, strong, steadfast in moving forward with our speech to God. Continuing in prayer means that we never quit, that we never give up, that we never falter, that we never fail, that we're going to continue on a daily basis to be men and women of prayer, continuing daily in prayer that God will use us and God will bless us as we serve him, that he will expand our ministry, that he will increase our borders. I believe in this day of a pandemic that God is answering the prayers of our church that he increase the borders of our ministry out into the world, outside of Amherst County, outside of Virginia, outside of the United States, that God is going to 
increase the borders of our ministry. And we push ahead. We continue in that prayer, asking for his blessing. We have this living communication with the God of the universe that he use our lives. When we pray, it is improper to pray that we think we're going to convince God to do what we're asking him to do. He's not a holy bellhop. He doesn't respond to our convincing him for what we want, but rather our prayers in a godly way are always to surrender to what he wants. We surrender to his will. We ask, Lord, how do you want me to walk in the footsteps of Jesus? How do you want me to fulfill the Great Commission? How do you want me to live my life so that you are constantly speaking through me to the world? We pray to surrender. We pray to follow what he wills us to do. Now, I know largely we're not in a sanctuary today, but if we were, if we were gathered here at Clifford Baptist Church, could you tell me without looking, where are the fire extinguishers in this sanctuary? There are a couple here in the sanctuary, and many of us probably don't know where they are unless we take a good look. But sometimes I believe that if a fire were to break out here, there would be people who would rush to the fire extinguishers and pick them up and take them. They're by the sides here, by the way. But would we be comfortable in using them? If there were a dire emergency in the sanctuary of Clifford Baptist Church, I'm not sure I would know exactly what to do in order to operate that fire extinguisher because I've never worked with it before. Maybe it's very easy to operate. Pull a pin, pull the lever. That's probably true. But I'm not sure of that. I've never really worked one in the sanctuary here. But for many people, many people who are people of faith, perhaps, Prayer is treated kind of like a fire extinguisher. It gets set in a corner until an emergency comes. Prayer is that mode of emergency speech that we go to the Lord and say, Lord God Almighty, I have this immediate need. I need your help. But you haven't based it on prayer that you've been praying daily. It's kind of an emergency means of getting the attention of prayer. And like a fire extinguisher, when you never use it, you might not be comfortable there when you have to use it. And so the Bible teaches us that we are to continue in prayer. It is to be daily. It's to develop a relationship and a, a walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. He teaches us that prayer is most useful when we use it every day when we continue and push ahead in seeking his guidance and his will and his blessing day by day. We should use our speech in its highest form every day by going to the Lord in prayer, asking for his blessing, asking for his next step as we take his word into the world. It is the highest, most honorable usage of our speech as God gives it to us. Now, the second point, the second focal word from this passage of Colossians chapter 4, the second word is speech. Well, certainly prayer is a form of speech, talking with God, but this second point, speech, is speech to other people, speech to other human beings and relating the love of Christ with them. As we think about conversing with people, look at verses 3 and 4 again. Colossians 4, look at verses 3 and 4. With all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So Paul is saying, I desire for God to give me the opportunity 
to use my speech to tell others about the mystery of Christ. What is the mystery of Christ? Well, I've preached on that before. Let me remind you what the Bible speaks about when it uses the word mystery. A biblical mystery is a truth of God that he wants us to know, but we will only know it by God giving us that truth. Here is the mystery of Jesus Christ, that he came to the world to save all people, not simply Jews, not only Gentiles, but he came to save all people. He did not come to save a particular color. He did not come to save a particular nation. He came to save all people of all colors, of all nations, of the entirety of the world. The mystery of Jesus Christ is the truth of God that Jesus wants every person, whoever they are, to know him as Lord and Savior. He came for us all. The gospel is for every living soul. When the Doors of the church are open. The gospel of Jesus Christ is to be heard here, and anyone who comes seeking the word of Jesus should be welcome in the church. No matter who they are, where they're from, what color they might be, they are welcome if they come seeking Jesus the Christ. The highest use of our speech in human form, in the human world, is to teach and to preach and to tell about the love of Jesus Christ. That is the primary use of our voice and our speech in a human sense. We are to tell others about his love. Paul expresses that desire in Colossians chapter 4. Now remember, where is Paul at this moment as he writes the letter of Colossians? He's sitting in a prison cell in Rome. He had been arrested as a preacher of the gospel. The Roman Empire decided that in order to squelch the gospel going into the world, they were going to imprison the greatest missionary in the world at the time, St. Paul. So he is sitting in a prison cell. And Paul is saying, Lord, how can you get my speech out of this cell and into the world? He's expressing a desire that God stretch his speech to be outside of his prison cell. He didn't care so much about his body being released from the prison cell, but rather he said, Lord, I want to seek you in how to release my voice from the prison cell. How can I, even in confinement here, take the gospel of Jesus to the world? That's still our desire. We know that God granted Paul's desire, Paul's prayer. These letters that fill our New Testament take his voice into the world. His voice continues to ring under the inspiration of God Almighty into the world 2,000 years later. God indeed is using Paul to this day, taking his speech out of a prison cell and putting it into the world that human beings might hear the glory of God. That's still our desire. Lord God, how can you use my voice to take your love and your desire to save people into the world? How do we speak the name of Jesus to those who need him? You know, there are so many hundreds, thousands of people who never come to a sanctuary, who never hear the word of God from a place like this, who are not connecting with us by streaming today, and yet they also need to hear the love and the invitation of Jesus Christ. And all of us as God's people are commissioned to use our speech to tell others about the love of Christ. If we don't speak his name, who will? 
Who would be commissioned to do it outside of us, we who are believers in the Lord Jesus? It's not somebody else's call. It's our call to take the gospel into the world that others can know Jesus. You know, this past January, Gwen and I were in Florida. And in the Orlando area, day by day while we were there, there was an airplane flying in the air, and it was writing messages in the sky. It was so interesting. And here are the messages. Jesus loves you. Prayer works. Jesus saves. Just little statements written in the sky by a plane. And I was so interested because they obviously were coming from a believer or a church or some organization. So I googled until I found who was writing those messages in the sky over Orlando. It's an interesting story. It centers in one man. His name is Jerry Stevens. He retired in 1998 as a crop duster. He was a believer then, and so after he retired from that profession, he sat down and said, okay, God, what do I do now? How are you going to use me now that I'm retired? What can I do to get your message into the world? And God gave him the answer. That same year, 1998, he fitted his little crop-dusting airplane with skywriting equipment, and he puts in speech 10,000 feet in the air words about Jesus. And all of Disney World and all of Orlando can see these words of Jesus saves, prayer works, Jesus loves you. All of Disney World sees those messages while they're standing in their lines and, and waiting on things to happen. It's amazing to me, this man had a vision from God to write Jesus' words using his speech in a very unusual way so that others would know of his love and his grace and his salvation. And nobody can stop him because he uses his own money and his own equipment to do it, and the sky is open for him to write in. I think that is so interesting. So the question is today, how can you and I use our speech, who we are, where we are, with the talents God gave us, how can we use our speech to tell about Jesus? Where are your opportunities to talk about Jesus? You know, we're seeing doors of opportunity opening to us in these days of Clifford Baptist Church. I'm so grateful that God uses me, nothing more than a sinner, to stand behind this pulpit with his holy word. A sinner handling the perfect word of God. It's amazing to me that God gives me that privilege. But I'm so thankful that God can use my speech in my limited way to speak a good word about Jesus Christ. How does he want to use your speech there are new ways for our voices to be heard day by day. We're learning that at the church through the media connection that we're developing now. But we know that the Lord asks us to use our speech to lead someone else to Jesus Christ. Here's the third focal word of this passage. Look at Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6. The word is presence. Look at 5 and 6. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. We are to walk in, we are to live in this world as the very presence of Jesus. 
We are to walk in this world to represent him, to be a witness for him. Look again at verse 5. Underline that verse. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Without what? Outside of the sanctuary. Walk in love toward those who are outside of the faith, outside of the sanctuary, living in the world, not knowing Christ. So he's saying, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, meaning outside of the boundary of Jesus, outside of the love of Jesus. And look what Paul says, redeeming the time, redeeming your time daily to live in such a way, walk in such a way that we are showing the world, witnessing to the world, Jesus Christ. We redeem every day. You know, whenever I hear that word, I think about as a kid taking those six or eight Coca-Cola bottles that were empty, going back to the store to redeem them for new bottles that were filled. I think about those words. I think about redemption every day. We cash in every 24-hour period to represent our Savior. That's the reason, believer, that God gives you and me every single day. Now, we have a lot of things that we do in our day, be it a work day, uh, be it a shopping day, be it a day that you catch up around the house, be it a day that you're spending with your family, whatever it is. But every single day, no matter what we're doing, is a day of opportunity where we are with the opportunities that God gives us that we might be a representative and a witness of his. We're called to walk intentionally in Christ. We are to represent him, him as Savior every single day. Why is that important? Because when every 24-hour period closes, that day will never come back around again. There's no such thing as a do-over day. When that 24-hour period closes, that day is closed for all eternity. What we did that day is over and done. It will never be repeated again. So we redeem every day, realizing that we have 24 hours of opportunity that we might live for Jesus Christ. Every day is a very important day. We're called to walk in him. We're called to walk with intention. We are called to represent him wherever we are. To quote from a past sermon that I preached some months ago, we are Jesus with skin in this world. We're the ones who are living, walking representatives and witnesses of Jesus Christ. You know, I love the church, and I love being with like-minded people in the church. I love worshiping with the church. But the church is not a monastery. The church is not a place that we separate ourselves from the world and we live in seclusion away from the world. But rather, we're called by God to go out to live in the world, to be a part of the world that we might witness for Jesus Christ there. We live in this world that we might walk in him and represent the Savior that many people do not know. You know, there's an old saying, I'm sure you've heard it often, that sometimes we're the only Bible a lost person ever reads. They've never opened the literal Bible, but they see the words of Jesus living in you, living in me. And they're truly reading the Bible's word by looking into our life. Believer, Please do not underestimate your witness. Please do not underestimate your importance and your impact in the kingdom of God. You are watched and you are followed by somebody. Every one of us, I believe, has some little group that may be watching our lives. Maybe it's just one person particularly watching your life, believer, picking up biblical truth from you. I pray that we will covenant together to serve our Lord well and wisely, that 
our speech, that our words, that our actions, that our walk will represent Jesus Christ well. Will we be perfect? No. We'll never be perfect. But our desire is that we will grow in representing him well every single day. Paul says our life is to be seasoned with salt. What does that mean? Well, of course, you know, salt is a good seasoning. Sometimes we add a little bit too much of it, uh, but it's a great seasoning, and it's also a preservative. And Paul is saying that our walk in Christ and our talk about Christ should always be pointing to his goodness. It should always be preserving his good character. It should always be pointing to the love that is available to every single person. And we are to exemplify the character and the love and the word of Jesus Christ in our lives. We season the world with the presence of Jesus. You know when salt is present in your food. And the world knows when Jesus is present there. People know that Jesus lives in your life. Not because you're bragging, not because you're seeking a pat on the back, simply because he's reaching out of you to them. He's reaching and touching them through your life, through your words, through your walk. Always remember that the Lord is using you every 24-hour period, believer, to reach somebody else. So we want to take the sanctuary, where you are today by that media connection, we want to take that love of Christ out into the world. We're a witness for him. We witness for him personally in the way that we pray daily in devotion, in the way that we bow our hearts and our heads to him daily, asking for his grace and his blessing, using our speech to communicate with our creator, with our savior, with our God. And then, too, we will use our speech toward every single person to show the character of Jesus, to invite them to know him as Lord and Savior in some way, The Lord is reaching through your speech to other people. And then, too, the Lord reaches through our presence, through our walk, that others can see Jesus in me, in you, as we live in this world. Today, I pray that we will redeem every day for him. You know, today, I'm so thankful to tell you that there is a representative of our congregation. She traveled to New York City yesterday. She's a nurse, a therapist, And she went into the hot spot of the pandemic in New York City to be a nurse there in a hospital in the city. I'm so thankful that there are those who are willing to lay aside their regular lifestyle and their protection where we live and to go into the heart of the danger zone to represent Jesus there and to give the love of Christ through their medical knowledge. What a wonderful thing that is. Don't waste a 24-hour period of time. It will never be lived again. When midnight strikes tonight, this day is done. Our prayer together is that we will do something today that will stand for eternity as we witness for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Was today used well through our prayer, through our speech, through our walk in Christ. And today, if you are joining us and you have never come to Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to tell you how you can give this day, today, eternal significance. Come to Jesus as your Lord. Come to him as your Savior. I'm not asking you if you're good. I'm not asking you if you're moral. I'm not asking you if you know the Bible through and through. I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm asking you, will you come to Jesus? 
and bow before him and say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. The Bible assures us all we're sinners. We've stepped out of your will, out of your glory, out of your desire for our lives. I'm a sinner. All of us are. I am, as I tell you this. This is not my invitation. This is Jesus' invitation. I accepted it, but it's his invitation. He's simply saying to you today, this is a day that you can come and say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for me, that you shed your blood, that you laid down your life. You literally died on the cross. The God of the universe died on the cross to take my sin away, to take it away as far as the east is from the west. But I also believe, Lord, that you didn't just die on a cross. You weren't just laid in a tomb, but you rose from the grave on the third day. And today you're a living Savior. And I believe that Jesus' hand is on your shoulder right now, friend. And I believe that he's touching you and encouraging you and leading you to know him as Lord and Savior. I'm so grateful that he allows me to speak his invitation, but he's with you wherever you are this moment, sitting by a media connection of a computer, in your car, out in the world somewhere, however you're hearing my voice, Jesus is with you right now asking you to allow him to come into your heart, to save you, forgive you, be your Lord, be your Savior, and to keep you for eternity in his heavenly home. Today, you can give your heart to him before this 24-hour period closes today, you can make the most important decision of all of your life to put your life and your heart in the hands of Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. I invite you to him just simply to say, yes, Lord, I do believe. I do trust you. I do have faith. I will worship you. I will serve you. I want to grow in you. But the first step is I'm giving you my life, and I'm asking you to save me. And today, if you've made that decision, there are some resources on our website. There's a form that you can fill out to let us know that you've made that decision. Get in touch with me. Get in touch with Pastor Clyde, Pastor Jeffrey. We'd love to know that you made that decision. We'd love to reach out to you uh, with some uh, ways that uh, you can grow in Christ. But God bless you as you simply say yes to him. God bless you, church. God bless you, every friend of Clifford Baptist Church that we worship together, the mighty Savior, through our prayers, through our speech in the world, and through our walk in Him. Let's pray together. Our Father, our God, thank you for these precious moments, Lord, that we spend together in worshiping you. Lord, I pray that you will build up the body of Christ. We're in strange days, Lord, going through this pandemic, and our attendance at church has been restricted the pews are empty in this sanctuary today, Lord, but I thank you that truly the church is full. I pray that you will give us the guidance to increase our borders. Give us your blessing, your strength, your power, that we can reach more and more people with the gospel of Christ. It really doesn't matter that people know our name. It doesn't matter that people know our church name. The important thing is that they know the name of Jesus Christ, that they put their life and their trust and their faith in you, Lord. So I pray that you will help us, Father, to pray, continue in prayer daily, to walk in this world to represent you, to use our speech to show the love of Christ to others. Bless us as believers, bless us as the church, Lord, to get the sanctuary out into the world. Father, for that one who needs you today, I pray he or she will pray this very simple but eternal prayer with me from their heart. Dear Lord, thank you that you love me. You love me so much as a sinner that Jesus went to the cross 
and died there to take my sin away and forgive me. But I thank you, Lord, on the third day, Jesus rose from the grave to be my living Savior. And so, Lord, this morning, today, I give my heart, my life, my future to you, asking you to be my Savior, my Lord. Bless me, Lord, as I walk with you. Father, if one person prayed that prayer with me today, we know that his or her eternity has changed. Bless us as we continue to walk and speak and pray in the love of Jesus Christ. And it is in his name we pray together now. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.